Hello and welcome to Good Selling Radio, podcasts for sales professionals looking for peak performance. GSR shares ways to make new and existing customer relationships easier, more effective and more enjoyable. In a changing and busy sales world, take some time to stop for a moment and reflect, reframe and refocus. So well, welcome to this next session of Good Selling Radio. I'm really looking forward to this conversation uh, to Adam and Dave from Bellrep Technology. Uh, we're all sitting here in the west of Scotland in the middle of winter uh, talking to you. And we're going to talk about how data uh, and sales in, interconnect. Um, at Sales Leavers, we've been talking about this strange world in which uh, the world of sales which often has been opinion-based um, and uh, a bit of gut feel and a mysterious domain of talented individuals, how it interlinks with what in the past has been the uh, equally dark art of data. And so today, we're just going to explore some of the themes that are coming out from the conversations that we've had. Um, but before we start, uh, Adam, do you just want to tell us a little bit about Bellrock? Yeah, sure. So thanks, first of all, Richard, for having us on. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, Bellrock Technology are a data specialist software firm. Uh, we work with lots of different companies, all looking to exploit the data that they hold, uh, or potentially even external or third-party data, uh, all for the benefit of their business. So we will tend to work with companies pretty closely to understand what they're looking to achieve. And then we've got teams of experts who come alongside them and help to build solutions out really, really quickly that benefit their business. That's great. And one of the things that, that I'm really conscious of the whole time is this sea of data that's coming towards us all. Uh, in the old days, we didn't know enough. Now, you know, I could spend all day, every day uh, in the data. So I'd be really interested, uh, Adam, Dave, either of you, to talk about how, what are the trends you're seeing in that and what, what people need to do with this, this great mass of data that's facing us? So I'll take that one first anyway. I'm sure Dave will have thoughts as well. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty common theme. Um, we've seen for years uh, companies that have said we've got far too much data. Uh, in some cases, that's not true, but quite often companies have far too much data. And actually what they're really looking for is the information within that data. And I think the big challenge there becomes is what are you trying to do with it? As a company, what is your priority? What is your main challenge? Um, and I've, I've seen a number of firms over the years who have maybe made the mistake of saying, I've got lots of data. There must be value to it. There must be insights in it. How can you help? What can you tell me from it? And I think that type of almost blind alley approach can be a bit of a problem sometimes. You can run yourself into problems trying to understand what you can get from data when actually you don't really know what you're looking for. Where we've seen a lot of successes uh, with companies is where they've realized and they've turned the corner from that to think about what are they trying to achieve? What are they trying to achieve as a business and how can data support that? And I think when you go into any data project with that in mind, then usually you can find those insights within the data. Then it's about how do you extract them? How do you capitalize on them? But I think really that understanding from a business point of view, what you're trying to do is the main thing. That's the thing that really helps projects succeed. I think uh, it would be good to pick up, Dave, on your thoughts on that. But, but from the sales organization's point of view, I think that's really important because the sales organization 
often knows what it wants and it knows the information that it wants, but it's often given information either that it doesn't need and therefore it treats as irrelevant or it just can't, can't make sense of. And I think there seems to be this trend of, of sales organizations getting a voice now into what they want to understand better. I don't know how you're seeing the, the sea of data thing, Dave, and, and how people are, are changing that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, first of all, again, th thanks, Richard, for having us on. But in, in answer to your question, I, I think one of the biggest things that, that I've seen personally is, is we've come through the, the digital transformation and now there is a huge data transformation taking place where people have an understanding of, of, of data and the importance of it and where it can add real value to their business. It's, it's they need it to be demystified for them and just say, where can we actually look to automate, accelerate, gain real insights, and then make evidence-based decisions, particularly when you tie it back to your sales organizations. It's got to be about evidence-based decision-making now. Uh, and there is so much data available within an organization. You've got to use the right data and gain the right insights. It's so important now. Other than that, we, we, we waste so much time. I'd really like to pick up on this theme of, of automating. Um, I think the world of sales has often thought that it's entirely dependent on you know, individual people talking to other individual people. And the idea of automating sales um, puts fear uh, into the minds of many salespeople. But the, the reality is that for higher volume, lower uh, value sales, we've got to automate because the cost of sale has got to be brought down and we've got to apply the resource, uh, the really expensive resource of sales professionals into the more complex sales. So I'm intrigued to see how you're seeing data helping automation um, and how it, it makes um, what often seems like uh, a series of one-off events that actually have a, a process based on them, how you can automate the process using data. I don't know which of you would like to pick up on automation first. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll yeah. pick up on, on an element around sales and then, and then I'll, obviously Adam will pick up on, on, on the wider remit. I, I think in the... Your point about having having sales personnel doing the, the client relationship is, is extremely important. And I don't think we'll ever replace that. But I don't think automation is about replacement. I think automa automation is about driving business efficiency. And I think you've got to first and foremost understand that that's what automation is about. It's allowing that the, the, the laborious or, or, or heavy duty tasks, heavy lifting tasks, to be automated at the front end, particularly on a sales process, where it's looking at what, what markets should you go at? Why should you go at them? What are the trends? What's happening in the market? We touched earlier on about the, the volumes of data that are available. And I think for any sales organization to really look at that automation of data mining at the front end early stage process is of critical importance, but you must have a process. So you must know what you're doing next in that, whether it's a four-stage process or a seven-stage process, you must understand that data that you capture early in any cycle will be used, retained, and, and of benefit 
as you take it through that end-to-end -end process. But there is no substitute for good old-fashioned clear communication, but with automation will drive efficiencies, no doubt about it. I really like that point about automation doesn't replace the human being, it just creates some um, efficiency. I, I really like that. Sorry, Adam, you were going to come in there. Yeah, I was, I was just going to give an analogy on exactly that, really. Um, if you look at some of the people we've worked with over the time, uh, quite a number of people who operate highly critical equipment. Um, and in those scenarios, typically you have small, but very skilled and expert teams who are managing and overseeing that equipment. It's a bit like the expensive sales resource that you mentioned. These are you know, highly skilled, highly trained people. Um, but a lot of what they are having to do by standard is manual analysis and gathering and combination of data in order to take decisions. Now, their expertise really comes in at the point where they have everything brought together. They've extracted the insights from that data. They can take a decision as to what to do next with that piece of equipment. But to gather all of that, to do that is extremely laborious. And with small teams, it can take an awful lot of time. So it means that their focus isn't necessarily in the right areas. Um, so I think, you know, for us, the automation in those instances has been to take out the laborious, the manual processes to help firms and smaller teams to have the right information to hand so that their expertise can be uh, can be utilized essentially um, and really that's that's the analogy that i see from what you just described it's about giving the expensive resource the information that they need to carry out their job to the best of their abilities i think the parallel with sales is is very strong i mean think about the cost of sales I was talking to somebody the other day and every time they uh, bid for a piece of work in their very specialized field um, each bid is going to cost them well into six figures so taking the decision one how can i reduce that cost of sale by using the right resources in the right way but also how can i bring data to bear to decide which opportunities i should be going for and managing the probability of converting that uh, has a huge impact uh, straight to the straight to the bottom line. I think that's that's really interesting. Um, we were talking in our earlier bit of conversation about evidence-based uh, decision making, and I guess the world of selling, and to some extent the world of buying, um, has been very opinion-based. Um, again, talking somebody recently said they've got to move away from uh, their sellers saying, well, we think we're going to get it because they really like us, uh, is really no longer the case. I was looking at a bit of information recently, which would suggest that um, in a typical major sale, a buying group will have spent at least 40 hours researching the data before they'll even meet with a human being. So this move from just opinion-based to evidence-based decision-making is really, really coming into play. How do you think your experience of data managing and uh, data insight and data communicating uh, really helps evidence-based decision-making, either for buyers or sellers? Um, so where would you go on that? So Adam, what are your thoughts on evidence-based decision-making and the part that data can play in it? 
I think when it comes to evidence-based decision-making, it's becoming more crucial to, to so many more businesses. Um, I think lots of, of firms now have realized that the opportunity that exists with the data that they've been gathering. Um, I think a lot of the, the customers we work with are looking to move from that opinion-based to that evidence-based approach. And now every firm that we work with, even when they're in the same sector, are probably looking to take a slightly different decision or have a slightly different focus. And I think that's one of the uh, the opportunities, but also the issues when it comes to data is there's so much you could do with it. Um, but really every every firm we work with is is trying to improve the, the decisions that they take. Um, and they recognize that gaining the evidence from the data is really critical to that. So when we engage with them, it's really trying to understand what evidence are they looking for? What insights are they looking for from that data in order to either uh, provide insights to help take a better decision or even to times based on the evidence which is being seen. Uh, but with each firm, it tends to be engaging with them and understanding how best to do that. I just think that that whole area of evidence-based decision-making is something that a lot of industries, a lot of sectors are starting to recognize the need for now. I'm really interested by the distinction you made between data and evidence. And I think sometimes we just plunk a lot of data down in front of people and say, well, there you are. That's all you need to take the decision. But, but filtering that and discerning the insights from it, I guess is really where the evidence comes into play. Yeah, I, I still remember our first chairman and the story he told me about a, a colleague of his who said to him once, don't give me any more data. I have lots of data, I have too much data. I can't make head nor tail of it. I need information. And it's really, that's the key part is uh, there's no point just throwing lots and lots of data at people and expecting them to analyze it, to understand it. What we have to do is get to the insights, get to the useful information that effectively makes that data useful. And um, Dave, I know when we're talking about evidence-based decision-making, um, you've seen quite a big trend from proof of concept to proof of value. And that's certainly something that we're hearing a lot is, you know, well, what's it gonna do for us? What's the evidence that if we invest in this or invest in that, it's going to make a difference. Do you want to comment on proof of, of value as, as part of this evidence-based decision-making? Yeah, for, 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 for us, and, and I think for anyone who's really looking at, at data and to get maximum value from it, must have an understanding of what do they want to, to achieve? So what is the what is the outcome they're trying to, to achieve? Not not the does the concept work, which is I, I would consider a wee bit kind of old style now. I think it's got to be real proof of value and, and doing it in a kind of short time scale as well. So most companies will invest if they, they know what a desired outcome will be in a short scale, uh, in a short time without a massive investment. I, and in doing that, then they can actually say, okay, have we, have we proved we've got real value from what we've done using the data at hand to make a, a, an evidence-based decision? At that point, using kind of agile methods, it's much easier to then say, okay, we've got a, a, an internal business case, which more and more companies, irrespective of size, have now got to actually go with a real evidence-based business case using data to drive that. And once you do that, you can actually say, right, there's a real compelling reason why we should do this. It's going to reduce our costs, increase our 
profitability, increase our efficiency. And that's what most organizations are looking to drive out using data as, as, as a proof of value. And that's where we are seeing you know, massive traction in the market as people are getting their, their, their heads around the proof of value approach rather than a proof of concept approach. A far better, uh, far better, low cost, lower risk entry to market. And interesting to hear about that low risk. I think historically, um, by and large, salespeople have been uh, nervous or uncertain about building the business case. I think the ability to, to have the data and then apply it and then and demonstrate it uh, is really interesting. Um, talking recently with a, with a business that um, manages process flow for manufacturing companies and their ability to draw the data out that says, uh, this is what's happened in the last month for you. This is what your downtime has cost. This is what the delays here and the, the delays there have cost. Now let's model, because we've got the data from other similar businesses, what would happen if you changed your way of working? And then to extrapolate from that, as you say, reduced risk, um, savings, increased value. And I think that's got to be the way to go. But without the data, uh, we've somehow got to move in sales from, you know, trust me, it'll be great, to using the data um, to, to prove the case. If I, can I just come in quickly? Of course, yeah. um, There are statistics out there that suggest that maybe four out of five, maybe more data projects fail. And one of the big reasons for that, we believe, is because quite often people forget about the business case. We think they, they prove the concepts, they prove the technical feasibility, but very often forget about the business case. And unless you can establish a business case for actually making change, then it's not going to happen. And I think that, that's why this proof of value idea is critical to, to any project. And I think that's really interesting because it ties into... Uh, a couple of trends that we're certainly seeing. One is uh, having a much clearer understanding of the individual buyer personae that you're dealing with and what their drivers are and providing the evidence that they need in their terms. Um, and also this clear trend towards multiple decision makers. So um, almost five years ago, uh, there was evidence coming out that in the typical 500 employee company, there would be 6.8 people involved in each decision uh, as far as buying was concerned. The suggestion now is that that's probably up closer to 11. And each of those 11 people have different criteria and that need different evidence presented in different ways. So I think that application of data is really interesting. I do wonder um, when we're thinking about data and, and selling, um, how, how we can bridge the gap between um, a cold-hearted, analytical, left-brain approach to data and a more uh, right-brain, uh, warm-hearted, emotional storytelling, which we hear about hugely in sales. I wonder how, whether it's possible to bridge the gap between data uh, and storytelling. I suspect it is but I'm not sure I've got my head around how you can use data in storytelling. I don't know who'd like to 
to comment on that. I'll answer that. Uh, some part of it. Uh, I, I think the, the data storytelling, going back to your earlier point about uh, 6.8 going to 11 people, I've always considered when you're selling, particular to a, you know, as you say, a 500 plus type business, I've always considered that, that you're selling to a jury or trying to convince a jury. And there's no better way to convince a jury than to have evidence-based fact. That's what we are doing with data. We, and, and, and to go to your left brain, right brain, I think when you're trying to convince any jury, then everybody in the jury are an individual. So that's where I think you take the art of the individual and using the automation we talked about earlier in, in, in the interview. So we talk about the automation, but you talk about the storytelling and then you bring in the personality and the people. So, and team selling is, is, is more prevalent nowadays than never. So tying the team selling, evidencing that with data and then having visualization tools. So lots of what we can do is give you the, you know, bring it all together, give you insights, dashboards, and we're doing that for many organizations, but that we, could, we work with others in terms of having that real visualization, data storytelling, coupled with, with the people and the team so that we're engaging with all your buyers and understanding what are they trying to do on, the, on their journey to deliver what. Dave, do you think that the typical seller and maybe even the typical buyer um, gets frightened by the idea of, of data and algorithms and, and models and, and just needs to see the data presented in a more um, friendly way? Is that yeah, yeah. I, I think you have, you'll have your experts within the business, but not everyone is an expert. So I think you've got to put it in a kind of pictorial format. And, and make it easier for people to understand. Demystifying the data story is really important. Uh, and it, it, will, it will happen over time, but I think right now, as we're on that huge curve, then, then people have got to, you've got to take time with people and you've got to kind of take them through and tell them the story and how it's going to impact and help their business. That's, that's the fundamentals of it. But I, 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 totally, I totally concur with you that some way where you can actually make it much more visible and, and easy for them to understand is, is, is going to make it easier for people to sell and to buy. It's interesting, isn't it? There seem to be almost three elements to this as far as sales organizations and I, and I guess others as well. There's the, the gathering the data and knowing what to gather. And there's the making sure that it's available inside the organization and then it's using it externally to to persuade and, and convince and, and make the case um, i'm certainly from this conversation seeing you know that data is not somehow sitting separate from the sales process but it's got to be absolutely embedded in it and i guess the sales management process as well because sales managers historically um a lot of one-to-ones when they happen um, are based on opinion I feel you're this, or I think if you did that, whereas if we're able to use the data to say you made X calls to persona Y and it produced value Z, what would happen if we model, if you changed where your concentration of effort is? So I think that would be a really interesting area to explore about how data can inform sales management as well as, as, well as just sales. 
Um, I don't know if either of you are seeing any any changes in, in trends about how data has been used within the organization to make it more effective as an organization. Um, I'm not sure if you, either of you could respond on that. Well, maybe I'll let Dave respond on that one, but just to pick up on the three stages that you mentioned mm -hmm. there of uh, what data to gather, how to make it accessible, and then how to make it useful. I think those are the right stages. And I would say over the past five or six years in particular, we've seen a lot of firms work through those processes. Um, personally, if it was going to be so bold, I think we may have that in the wrong order sometimes. I think I've seen lots of firms think about, well, what data should I gather? Well, what do you want to do with it? How should I make it accessible? Well, who are you trying to make it accessible to and why? I think quite often you have to start with the, what are we trying to do? Why are we trying to do this? What is the benefit to our business? And then we can work up to it. Otherwise, I've seen lots of firms invest in pretty costly projects to gather the data and to make it accessible without always thinking about what's the use case for this? What's the benefit to the business? And how are we going to make returns? I think for me, quite often, that should possibly come in reverse. Dave, do you want to pick up on any thoughts on how data can help the, the management of people or the management of organisations more effective? I, 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 think, I think nowadays with, with so many different systems within place, I, I, I think most organisations should really see data as, as a major asset within their business and they should treat it as such. I don't, I'm not saying they do, but I think going forward, it, it must be treated, uh, you know, people come first in, in, in any business, but after people, I think it's got, you've got to look at data as an asset and that, that asset should not necessarily be held or retained within the IT department of the organisation. It's a corporate entity and therefore it should be accessible to the, the, to the corporate or to the SME. Uh, and I think once you do that, then it gives people it gives pe people the freedom of choice to look at the various different systems that are there and and not duplication of data. So in a sales environment, no, they'll invest companies will invest in, in a CRM, but you've got to make sure that that it's it's joined up that you're not replicating or, or or duplicating all the data. And I think so often I've seen that where you go into organisations and they've got four or five different systems and all they're doing is moving the same data about. Uh, which leads to lots, and there's lots of cases whereby you'll see in, in, in banking or you'll see insurance that there's been lots of fines for, for uh, no, misappropriation of data and things like that. So I think you've got, to be, you've got to be smart about how you're using your data and how it can help the organisation grow. So whether that be in sales, whether that be in production environments, which we've also helped, then I think it's really important that you, you, you capture the right data at the right time and, and use it for the correct purpose. Thanks very much. Um, I think as we draw to a close, I've got one other area to explore, which is rightly or wrongly, it seems that the data has been the preserve of, of big business, big business, big data, uh, that you need a, a whole team of very, very clever people doing things with data that nobody else understands. But there seems to be a really big demand in the smaller and medium-sized businesses that we're dealing with part of the time is um, 
I want to be part of this, this data revolution. I want to, to be able to access this. Uh, what are you seeing going on that's making that? Well, first of all, is there a trend to, to move data away from the preserve of big businesses more towards SMEs? And if so, what's making that possible? And what's making that easier for businesses like both of ours to use data in a, a more productive way? Well, I think there is a trend, certainly, to answer that point. And I think one of the things that's driving it is, uh, Dave touched upon a few moments ago, about the number of digital-based systems that are now readily accessible to all sizes of firms. Uh, so a lot of the, the data, the information that maybe we used to capture on, on paper or in other forms is now digitized. And I think that naturally opens up the opportunities to be able to exploit that digital information. Um, so with some of the firms we've seen uh, in the smaller business environment, uh, we've worked with a number who maybe haven't recognized those opportunities right from day one, but I think have realized with a very quick conversation about the, uh, the, the insights that are locked up within their data and how they could be improving their business. So we had one, for instance, who was capturing lots of data in their CRM about uh, client visits, uh, client information, about the uh, time that their consultants were spending with clients. They realized they could do a lot with that in terms of improving efficiencies, looking at travel, looking at whether more meetings could be held remotely without affecting the service and so on and so forth. So lots of information that could be analyzed and then put to use. Uh, with another uh, in, the, in the sales arena, uh, with someone who was looking at uh, pricing over time, particularly with stock, which wasn't moving quickly. Um, typically, they would reduce prices where they saw stock stick around in their warehouse. But that was a very manual process, back to the point on automation. And again, that was one where we could engage with them, understand what the big challenge was for the business, which in this case was stock throughput, and look at ways of using data to increase the speed of that. So you know, again, it comes back to each business has their own challenge. But I would say that in the SME environment, more and more smaller businesses and medium-sized businesses are recognizing the opportunities that now exist because they hold a lot of this data digitally. That's, that's great. Um, Dave, we've been talking a lot about data and I've got a question for you, which is this. How do you think the way that data is being managed and used now uh, has the potential to make it easier for people to buy better and for people to sell better? Okay, I think I think to, to answer the question, uh, data is, is is far more widely available and, and now being used far, far better. I believe being used far better. I still think there's there's massive improvements that can be done in in both the buying and the selling cycle. But in in the buying, I think uh, buyers are far more informed about you your 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 business in the digital age than than they've ever been before. So I think they are. They are really de-risking any decision they're making. And I think data can really help de-risk that, whether that's through things like going into proof of values at an early stage, doing short, sharp trials uh, with the organization, but having so much data around the organization and engagement prior to actually buying something is, is, is far better. It's not done in gut feel. There's an element of that, but that will be a 10% element versus a 90% based on evidence. Uh, I think in terms of, of the selling, 
I think you've got to be, and, and probably always have been, but I think you've got to be a very well-rounded business person to really understand what selling in today's environment is really about. If you're going into a sector, you've got to understand what are the challenges within the sector and use the data that's available. There are multiple sources of data for, for any organization or for any sector. You must be informed. A buyer will expect you to know about what's the challenges, what's the political avenues that are, that are being portrayed within, within any environment, and you must know that. Uh, I think internally within your organization, you should demand that your organization is using the latest data and, and, and methods within CRM to really make sure that the early stage of any sales process is automated and the people that are out there and, and, and working, the relationships at the highest level are being constantly served and fed strong data that's going to make it a, a compelling argument in terms of delivering solutions. It's, it's, it's got to be the way forward. As, as everything goes towards a digital and data-driven economy, we must be getting that level of service and buyers quite rightly expect a level of service as well. So based on data, based on fact, based on what's going on within the various industry sectors through uh, comparative dashboards, which are now available in most sectors. It's really helpful, thank you. Um, Adam, I'm just gonna to turn to you <coughs> if you've had a chance to think. So Adam, as we've talked about uh, data and how it may apply to the world of sales, in summary, what do you think are the opportunities for data to improve the way that people are buying and also the way people are selling? So I think there are, there are multiple opportunities and this probably comes back to just how accessible data now is and can be made to be. Um, I think when it comes to buying, uh, even just from conversations with yourself, Richard, there, there appears to be a, a definite trend that people prefer to actively buy rather than be directly sold to. Um, and I think the way to support that and to encourage people is you know, to make as much information available to those buyers as possible so that they can take a decision on their own terms. Um, for selling, I, I think... I look at this personally as the opportunities that to see. I, I almost look at this as a data project. You know, I, I think there are um, a number of inputs to your selling process. And I'm thinking here in terms of a seller, uh, a number of inputs to that process. Uh, there are you know always different deals, different opportunities that you are looking to assess. Um, I think you're right that traditionally this has been done by gut feel. Um, but when I put my data hat on, and I'm a data person, and I can think of this in terms of the inputs to that process, in terms of the level of engagement, for instance, the activity that's gone on from the buyer, the uh, level of interest, so on and so forth. All of these things, I, I believe, could go into uh, models that could be interpreted to give you an assessment of the leads that are warmest, uh, to give you an idea of who your most likely prospect to achieve a successful sale with could be potentially even to inform on levels of sales, time skills, and so on and so forth. Personally, I see a lot of that as inputs to a data model and outputs from said data model. And it, it strikes me as pretty similar to a lot of other challenges that we've seen in other areas. So I think there's uh, huge opportunities to exploit that. Um, I think 
to date, you know, a lot has been done around dashboards and KPIs, but I think there's probably more to be done in that field and more opportunities that could be leveraged. Uh, and that's pretty exciting in terms of using data for sales. That's great. Thank you very much. So I'm just going to kind of try and summarize all that. So it's been great talking to Adam and Dave from Bellrock Technology, um, talking about the crossover between data and sales, uh, two very different worlds on the face of it, but two worlds that definitely need to uh, feed off each other and benefit from each other. It's been very striking in the conversation to hear how data can both mitigate risk and help seize op opportunities. Um, I've been very struck by this challenge of living in a world with too much data, uh, and the challenge isn't to go out and find more data, uh, but to figure out, well, what do we want to use the data for as the starting point, and then work from, from there backwards, that start with why. Uh, very striking in that, talking about the insights that data can give us, that we don't just need more information, but we need to be able to convert that information into insight. There's some very strong conversation that's been had about how data can impact on automation um, and driving down uh, efficiency and cost of sale, but also increasing effectiveness. Um, the need to automate many of the processes that are in sales so that we can free up the premium resources for the premium opportunities. I really like the conversation that we've had about the move from just proving concepts to proving value and the place that data's got to play in that and being able to, yes, understand what has been, but also to extrapolate from that what could be, should be, uh, will be. Um, and how do we use data to build business cases, which is a real challenge for those of us in the world of sales. So that, that move from concept to value. It's very reassuring to, to get the view that the world of data seems to be uh, creating platforms and, and methodologies that are making data um, not so much the domain just of huge enterprises, but more accessible, more applicable, uh, more usable uh, for SMEs and for, for scaling businesses, which I think is really, really exciting. Um, interesting to hear about the crossover between uh, storytelling and data and the ability of data to tell a story, but that it needs to be explained in a particular way. And then finally, uh, hearing how data can make the job of buying and the job of selling uh, easier, more effective, and more enjoyable. So uh, Adam, Dave, thank you very much. Uh, really useful insights in this crossover of our, of our two worlds. And uh, look forward to talking more on the subject. Thank you very much, Richard. Likewise, Richard. Thank you.